Hey everyone, this is John. And this is Wayne. And this is Ryan. And this is The Nintendo Show, the best day Nintendo podcast on the internet. This is the official show for the month of January 2023. And we got some news to work through. We got new releases and we're going to peek into the month of February and talk about the games coming out then. How you guys doing? You guys doing all right? Yeah, doing pretty good here. We were uh, working out uh, some tech issues with my headphones specifically before the show, so we didn't really get to, to touch base. Everything good? Everything good, Wes? Everything's good. Same old, same old. That's good. Everything's good, Ryan? Yeah, man. All any, good in the hood. Got any more uh, invasive bamboo in the backyard, or is that taken care of? Oh, no. You guys should see the backyard now. It's like, it's been landscaped professionally. It's, oh, nice. It looks really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, thankfully, no more bamboo. It is still growing on the neighbor's That's their lawn. Problem. It, yeah, it literally went underneath the fence and onto their property. Uh, <laughs> bamboo is like just the absolute worst plant in the world. It's absolutely awful. Once it starts spreading, it just doesn't stop, and it just kind of goes on forever. Mm. Okay, Terrible yeah. stuff. It's an invasive species. Mm-hmm. Well, like we normally do, we'll start off with the news here. I got some headlines that I'm just going to go through rapid fire, and then we can backtrack to any particular one you guys want to talk about. So let's start with uh, just like a, a general time capsule. What's going on in the world in January 2024? You guys, Japan landed a craft on the moon. They became the fifth nation in the world to land on the moon. Donald Trump testified in his... I don't rush them, god damn it. My mistake, my mistake. <laughs> Donald J. Trump testified on his own behalf in his defamation uh, lawsuit trial. Um, uh, Atari, the video game company, tried to trademark Rogue, a game they neither made nor owned the trademark for. Modders added Pokemon characters to the game Power World, which were immediately hit with legal action and removed. The Wii U and 3DS <laughs> online services are ending on April 8th. You won't be able to play online Wii U or 3DS games as of that date. Uh, Princess Peach will be both a ninja and a cowgirl in Princess Peach Showtime out March 22nd. And Pink Joy-Con are releasing alongside the game. That's the big news. Anything you guys want well, to break well, down? I, I find it funny that we're... The big news is the pink Joy-Con and also President Trump. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, but what a crazy year. What a time to be alive, right, Wes? Were, <laughs> just, just tackling everything. Mm-hmm. No concern for the AFC or NFC championship oh, sure. games that are about to yes, happen. Some of, some of that football was happening. Who you got? Yeah, Who's going to yeah. win? Uh, who do I think is going to win? I hope. Well, it's uh, the NFC, if I got this right, right. It's Detroit. It's the Lions, and they're going up against the 49ers. I'd really like to see... The Lions win just because they're like they're kind of a hard luck franchise. They mm. haven't won shit in forever. Um, and the AFC, if I remember correctly, is the Chiefs and the Ravens. I'd like to see the Ravens win. The Chiefs just won, and they've been winning a lot. Uh, so good for them. I mean, not not a bad team in this one. Honestly, all four teams are pretty cool. So good. You know, the the Cowboys got bounced in embarrassing fashion, which is always fun. <laughs> um, that was but, my yeah. favorite team as a kid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because you're a front runner, of course. Well, that that was exactly it. Like when <laughs> when I was first like getting interested in sports, they were on TV all the time and they were always winning. Like this was back in like the the early early '90s, and like with like uh, Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, you know, and they were always really really good. So I was like, hey, I'll like them. And then you know, they've sucked for what 20 years or something. And I've I've 
lost almost all interest in football at this point. Well, they've had their ups and downs, but at their like them bottoming out is like still having like a seven and nine season. Like mm. they're still they're still okay, and lately they've actually been pretty good. Not good um, for them. And yeah, I believe they are the largest franchise. I think them in the or maybe not in the world. I think there's a there's a Premier League team, but I think it's like the top three are like the Yankees, Cowboys, and like a Premier League team. And mm. someone actually was, I was listening to a podcast and they were breaking down television ratings and how television ratings work and like they were doing like the top 50 most viewed television events of the past like 10 years or whatever and they showed how the the ratings were broken down and he's like if it's red it's because it's like um uh, an award show like the emmys or the oscars and if it's blue it's because it was like a state of the union address if it's gray that means it's a football game um and like 45 of the top 50 viewed programs of the past 10 years are all football games oh shit some of them are literally like regular season games one of them was an after show for a football game <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's it, you know it's not not it is understandable that you, that you would grow up a cowboys fan given the reach and how just big football we I kind of forget just what a monolithic thing american football is mm, it's true uh, the the Trump thing was really amusing to me because he actually took the stand today as time we're recording here uh, to testify. And it's it's not really like the defamation lawsuit. Uh, he's already been found liable and already like been g- given judgment. Like he has to pay damages. This is a second one to see how many more damages he's going to have to pay for defaming E. Jean Carroll again. And he's well, continuing he didn't to do stop. it. Right. Because part of part of the ruling was that he was basically not supposed to talk about this anymore. And literally, I think they said last night he had 38 tweets about her or something. Yeah, yeah, it was on his like own weird social platform. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. He, he oh yeah, not not tweets. They're called truths. <laughs> he right. Truths, he right. truths right. out. <laughs> it's it's the Steam Deck of social media platforms. <laughs> oh um, my god. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's wild, but like he he took the stand. Like the the judge was very much like, here are the rules. You are allowed. Like the lawyer was not allowed to ask him. His lawyer, who's uh, representing him, was not allowed to ask him open ended questions. Pretty much just like yes or no stuff. And after three minutes of really struggling with the rules, he's like, okay, you're done, and took him off the stand. So. Because he kept on like trying to speak in his own defense, like, "Hey, you're not here to like prove that you didn't do it. You did do it. You've already been found liable for sexually assaulting this woman and defaming her, and you're keep on you're gonna keep on doing it. So now we're gonna have to make you pay more. That's what this is about. But yeah, that guy used to be the president. Well, you know, it's funny because we literally just had the the New Hampshire primary, yeah, uh, just wrapped up yesterday as well. So. I guess two two days ago at this point, but um, yeah, and and same deal, just not 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 good numbers, not not looking good for for him coming out of that. In terms of how many people showed up to vote, um, yeah, I think I think it was how many people showed up to vote. Uh, the fact that he was, uh, I think, only single digits ahead of Nikki Haley, who nobody likes, um, <laughs> for good that reason. Joe, yeah, Joe Biden wasn't even on the ballot, and he he won as a write-in. <laughs> like yeah, the, of the, the Democratic primary. Yeah, well, there. Yeah, it was, it was two separate ballots in New Hampshire. The way it works is when uh, it's an open primary, but when you go to vote, you pretty much tell them, "I want the Republican ballot or I want the Democratic ballot," and you only get to pick from one or the other. So and independents know, get to choose. Yeah, they right. Get to say right. which one they want. And you know, it, even 
Actually, I'm about to speak out of turn because now, now that I'm about to say it, I'm not 100% sure, but I think like even if you're a registered Democrat in New Hampshire, you can choose to vote in the Republican primary. You just couldn't then vote in the Democratic. You only vote in one primary, I think is how it works. But yeah. I think you might be right about that. I, and I'm not, you may have to change to uh, be affiliated as independent to do it, but like, yeah, essentially that's mm. what it was. And I think the exit polling, the scary fact from the exit polling, at least is what I heard, was that you know of that, 40% that did vote for Nikki Haley, 70% of them in the exit poll said that they think they they would never vote for Donald Trump. So Good, as they shouldn't. Just, as they yeah, shouldn't. I, I was really surprised by that number, that they're not just people that are like, well, you know, I prefer Nikki Haley, but in the end of the... And by the way, Nick, Nikki Haley is an awful human being too. Like, she's no prize, but um, she's worlds better than Trump is. And it's nice to hear that the people that were going to rep her in this primary are basically like, never Trump, or at least not again Trump, I guess. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure who these people really were, what they had voted previously, but yeah. Yeah, let's not go down that road again. Let's avoid that. Oh, yeah. And the United Auto Workers um, endorsed Biden. Yeah, it gave us like this fiery endorse, endorsement. Endorsement. God damn it. Endorsement. <laughs> a fiery endorsement. Uh, yeah, like, I watched the guy talk and he's like, yeah, fucking Joe Biden. He stood on the picket line with yeah. us. So yeah, really, really cool to see that. Hopefully this uh, year of American politics isn't totally shitty, but my favorite news of the month was that Atari tried to trademark the, the old game Rogue, a game that they neither own nor made. It's, it's just wild. It's like if Microsoft came in and tried to publish uh, Advance Wars, like you have nothing to do with that. What the fuck are you talking about? Um, I have no idea where this like trademark attempt is going to go, but I can't see it like... That would be a bold move for them to just kind of like bully right. Nintendo, and like n knock the lunch tray out of their hands and be like, this is ours now. Or they, I mean, do it with everyone else in the game and just be like, yeah, we're going to buy you now. I think um, th that's actually something that Le LeBron James did. I, I know you're trying to get back to video games and I'm pulling us out again, but... Yeah, who cares? Talk uh, about whatever LeBron, we want. Yeah, LeBron James a while ago, and it failed miserably for him. He tried to trademark Taco Tuesday. Oh, right. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. I, right. No way would like Taco Tuesday is like a known thing, and why would anyone associate it with him? Yeah, you can't trademark alliteration, my dude. So yeah, that happened. Yeah. Um, the the other thing that uh, Microsoft, in addition to just trying to buy up all the game studios, they're also laying off close to I think two thousand people uh, over the next uh, I think several months because of. Um, as they're absorbing all these other companies, of course, there are redundant positions. So there are going to be people who are losing their jobs, which uh, which sucks. It always sucks to see people losing their jobs. That is tough. Yeah, I heard the, uh, I think it's the company behind League of Legends. They're laying off like, a not even, I don't remember the head count, but it was like a large percentage of their staff, like 15 to 20%. Yeah, there's a lot of game companies that are going through this contraction right now where they're laying off a lot, which, which sucks. It's really, really tough to see. But as far as we know so far, Nintendo's maintaining their, their workforce. And uh, uh, HAL Laboratories, who is sort of vaguely associated with Nintendo, but not like owned by Nintendo, they're actually hiring some oh. people to, to work on a, a new Kirby game, allegedly, which is nice. Always nice to see more Kirby. John, have you brushed up your resume? Is this something you're looking into? Uh, no, no, I'm unwilling to relocate. Mm. That's the tough but part. But making games is easy. 
and anyone can do it. Yeah, it's very simple. I don't know why they're. Do I don't know why they're bothering posting positions. They just pull people off the street. Yeah. Just here's a, a taco for Taco Tuesday, and then give LeBron James some money, and you go, "Hey, you want a job?" And uh, just you know, that's how it works. You know who would be uh, who would be like a cool character to associate with Taco Tuesday is Princess Peach because she's always changing costumes. In this new game, it, it should be Queso de, del Fuego. Uh, <laughs> oh, perfect! Del Fuego. That's the unreleased, <laughs> the unreleased Florida Pokemon. Yep. We could uh, we could make our own Pal World game and have Queso del Fuego and yeah, Bobacade. He's, he's he's gonna be essentially the the Pikachu of our of our game. <laughs> Icon is Queso del Fuego. Uh, Wes, have you played Pal World? I have not because I don't have an Xbox. It's it's out on PC. Uh, my PC's garbage. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's a League of Legends machine and podcast recording machine. That is mm. all it is, and that's all it's good for. Yeah, mine's I, pretty much a, a podcast recording machine and uh, old Command & Conquer games. <laughs> I uh, It's on my list of games to get. Eventually, I'm laying the Xbox, get a few exclusives that I want to play before I drop the money on it. And even when I do, the Series S is only 300 bucks, so it's not that bad. I look forward um, to hearing about that in 2026. Pro- probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, right now the only other game on the Xbox I'm interested in is Starfield, and even then, a lot of people are like, that game's not great. So, I'm like, uh, hmm. I'm not going to buy an Xbox for Pal World. <laughs> well, you know, we, we might uh, get like a version of Pal World on a, a Switch successor someday. I think like when Pal World was initially announced... It was announced as coming out to like all current platforms, Switch included. But I think at this point, like if we're gonna see that game on a Nintendo platform, it'll probably be the successor. Yeah, I mean, I doubt. I don't know. I I don't even know who makes Power World. If it's um, it is a Japanese developer. Um, and they've done a few other things, but they're relatively unknown to this point. But yeah, have you have you been following along with all like the the Pokemon controversy with Power World? <laughs> Uh, the I only the only really seen thing I've heard or anything about is um, that you can actually catch humans. Oh, is that true? <laughs> you can catch humans, and that's, certain that's, humans uh... are worth. You can sell things. You can sell like your pals when you catch them, but you can catch oh, no. humans and you can sell your humans. Oh no! Or you can you chop actually... them up and turn them into food. Oh, that's kind of fucked up. Trainers are worth more money than normal humans. That's horrifying. <laughs> That's, that's what I heard. I don't know if that's the case or not, but still, I, I heard this. Oh, like, I don't know if this is okay, guys. Wes like, telling tales outside of school over here. <laughs> well, have you guys actually watched any gameplay of it? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. It looks like it's like Minecraft. Yeah, it's like a oh, survival sorry, it's game. It's, uh, or uh, what's that other one? Uh, one Ark Survival Evolved, I think, is like yeah, one that draws, draws comparison or, to. Or uh, like Fortnite. This seems more like a Fortnite game than it seems like a Pokemon game. Wait, see, I, mean, I think like the, a lot of the the brouhaha around the 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 controversy around this game is about the character designs rather than the actual game design like the way you're playing the game because it's not like a it's like an rpg where you're going through and taking on gym battles and things like that it is more of a a survival like resource gathering game right now it's an early access so we're not like a complete version yet i had a co-worker a co-worker mine was like oh no it doesn't the only issue is it's only about 50 hours and there's no online play there's no pvp and i was like 50 hours is still like a lot for a game like what are you talking about why is that a complaint <laughs> if we got to that point where we need like 100 plus hour games like it's fine. no i think we're i think we're well past that point 
You know, if if I pick up a game and it's like this game is sixty hours long, then it better be like a really interesting RPG. I don't want to be playing like fucking Prince of Persia, which is a really good game. I don't want to play it for sixty hours. Exactly. Like, come on. Like, I calm down, guys. Fifty hours is still a lot. And it does saying like it was like it was not long enough. Like it's, it's <laughs> only fifty hours. I'm like, what are you talking? You blow about? through that in a week. Whatever. I don't know. Again, I don't know if this is the case or not. That's just why I hear from coworkers. Well, like, uh, I, this game looks honestly pretty low effort. <laughs> like this game kind of looks like shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand people have had their complaints about the most recent like Pokemon installments and stuff like that, but it's weird. I think it's kind of like apples to oranges. I guess because they have sort of slapped on Pokemon like characters into the game, it sort of has to be compared to it. But I don't know. This seems like a totally different kind of thing. And and you know now that I mean they've sold a lot of units, I would not be surprised if. People are three like, months from now are like, oh yeah, I remember when everyone bought that and we all gave up on it. Like yeah, eight I, hours later, seven or eight million <laughs> units. You just kind of look yeah. at it. It's a different kind of game. You can't look at it like a Pokemon. I mean, you're running around with machine guns and attaching rocket launchers to the Pokemon you're riding. <laughs> so I mean, it, you can't think of it like Pokemon. It, it's well, no, a, it's 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 not survival catching kind of thing. It's like Arceus, except I'm also building stuff and growing crops and stuff. Now, there there are several character designs that does look like they took two Pokemon, threw oh, yeah. them into a, a, a merging AI generator. And I'm not saying that they did this, but you can definitely tell like there's several Pokemon that look like, hey, that's a Cinderace and a Leafeon fused together. There's there's 800 and some Pokemon. Yeah, they're going to look close. I mean, there's just... Well, it's also, you know, it's also like look looking at it. Something. I mean, you know, I don't think Nintendo really cares about this either. Like, po- like the Pokemon Company... I don't know if you guys saw that comment that they made where it was like three sentences long and they're like, you know, we will investigate and look into and protect yeah. our IP brand for whatever. It was very much like a stop asking us about this. Well, so, is, so is how I was, read that. They don't give a shit. I mean, there's, I, there's I, a sheep thing that just looks like Mareep. I mean, who cares? Like, it's, it's no, not not Mareep, but Waloo. But it's a sheep. I mean, what are you gonna do with that? I mean, oh, well, so so Yokai Watch is another like monster collecting game, and none of those really look like Pokemon. Like, there there are some pretty blatant direct inspirations of Pokemon. But like Ryan's saying, Ryan, what were you saying? Because I I a thought on that as well. Oh, oh, oh N- Nintendo. Just, I think uh, Nint- Nintendo does not care. Right. So, so Nintendo didn't care. Um, the only thing that they cared about was when somebody actually made a mod and started distributing a mod for this game that like reskinned the characters as Pokemon characters. When that happened, Nintendo was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you can't do that." And then, like, they were then issued the statement, like, "Well, yeah, we're continuing to investigate to protect our IP." I think that if Nintendo actually did have a problem with this game in its like released state they would have been like no take that down immediately they would have jumped on it within the first day but it's been out for almost a week now so you know when they say we're gonna investigate or we're continuing to investigate i don't think that actually means anything i don't think they're going to try to take down this game but they will like keep an eye on it for like people who are doing modifications to put their trademark characters in the game yeah that makes sense other than that, you know, there, there are people who are very upset about the character designs that are that exist within the game. I think there's a lot worse things in the world to be upset about. It's fine. So. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah, I really think no one should care. And I'm, hey, maybe I'll be wrong about this, but I really do feel like in three or four months, people are going to like move past it. There may be like a oh, small yeah. dedicated following to this game that 
now that they've got some money they'll pump it into like you said like making it so you can play online or whatever but honestly this game just looks like every other game like oh yeah i i, I don't think i don't this doesn't look like anything special to me i mean i'm i'm still gonna play it i i think it looks kind of fun but um yeah i don't think it's gonna be that big of a deal it'll be interesting to see like when it like comes into like uh, what is it 1.0 when it's out of early release and into regular release what the, like the fanfare around that is going to be if there are people who are like oh yeah i forgot about that, that game and jump back in or if it'll be like oh yeah i tried that for a little while but i'm gonna go play this other thing now no um should we move over do, do any other headlines that we need to break down or should we just plow ahead here i'm fine plowing ahead mm-hmm. let's do it uh, Unless no, Ryan really wants to talk about the ninja and cowgirl outfit, so I mean, we I'm I'm really pumped about that. I think that we've all wanted to know what would happen if Peach was trained like an assassin. Yeah, um, you know, we would like to see her stealthily murder people. So <laughs> and we'll cool get to see, see that. that. We'll get to see that on March 22nd when this game comes out. Yeah, I'm pumped. I, I, it's game of the year already. There's no way it can't be. Mm-hmm. Um, so the no significant new game announcements in the past few weeks, but we did get some release date updates for a few games. South Park Snow Day got confirmed for March 26th, and Freedom Planet 2 for April the 4th, and then Umbra Claw on May 30th. Those are on the, the playlist that I sent you guys. Anyone have any thoughts on any of those games? I don't remember Freedom Planet, though. Freedom Planet was the one that looked a little, like vaguely like Sonic the Hedgehog 2D side scrolling right, yep, like yep, yep. running game. And yep, I played yep, the first one. The first one came out way back on Wii U. And this sequel was announced a while back uh, and is now getting a release. But I don't know. I didn't really like the first one all that much. So I it's didn't just, care. This is a Sonic ish game. And I never really liked those games, even as a kid. Because really they're not good. Fan. Yeah. Uh, South Park, I. I don't know what this is. Um, I watched the video and I'm confused. Is it still a turn-taking RPG? Is it a tactics game? I I, I don't know. I think it's I, more of an action RPG. I, I wasn't 100% sure what I was watching. It I is, don't know if it was a mini game or what, but it looked like they were had like a bunch of decks. Like there was a card building th- or like a deck building card yeah. game. I don't That'd know. That could have just been like a, I saw a joke too, animation. Yeah. I don't know what I was looking at. But it is weird to see all those characters as like 3D polygon, polygonal models. Yeah. I did mm-hmm. like the first two games, so I mean, I'm on board to play another South Park game. Alright, Wes is in. He's going to report back. Yep. Um, Call looked interesting. The beginning of it looked real boring, and then it kind of got a little bit more momentum as it going. So when you get uh, like all the transformations and stuff? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a it's Metroid game where you play as a cat. What could go wrong? Yeah. Uh, I do have a few gospel or gossip. Nothing, uh, no real head scratchers. Nothing really like uh, super fun about these, but mostly they're just like game rumors. So uh, there's a new Star Fox game rumored to be headed for the Switch successor. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think that Nintendo will make a new D tier Star Fox game? <laughs> I hope so. I'm, I'm going to say uh, gospel. This, this is. It's been a long time since I've seen one of these games. Um, and I would be intrigued to see what Nintendo does with it. Yeah, this is like 2015. I think it was yeah. when Zero came out. Yeah. I'm not I right. think it would it would be cool if they did. Yeah, you know what? Why not? Like, it is their, their property. They do need to keep it relevant, and it's been a, like a decade, so... 
You know what? And and it's like a game where I don't really think of what would take the space of it. Like, what is their space shooter? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So, like, they could they could give it a shot. Maybe we'll find an audience. I'm with you guys. I'm going to say gospel to this one as well. There will be a new Star Fox game on the Switch successor system, and it'll be another remake of Star Fox 64. <laughs> um, another, here, here we go. Gospel or gossip? There are some rumored Lego sets uh, uh, featuring Legend of Zelda coming in 2024, specifically the Great Deku Tree from Ocarina of Time. Gospel or gossip? I'm saying gospel on that. The the Mario ones sell very well, and right now, to my knowledge, just what I see at Target, um, and that would be a really cool Lego set. So I mean, I they, they would sell the crap out of that. Mm. Yeah, I, I also think that if this isn't in the works, it's uh, you know, it's money to be had by all with something like this. So. I'm going to say gossip for now. Um, if there until, is one, until, I'm going to say gossip until it comes out. Un- until that, it's that's... true. Then I'm going to say gospel. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to say I'm gonna say gossip specifically because this year they have the Animal Crossing ones come out. I think if they do a Zelda one, they wait till next year. Mm. I also think it's weird that they would go to the Deku Tree. Is that really the most iconic thing to build with Legos? Wouldn't you want to build, like, I don't know, like, like a, a chapel gu- or... A like Guardian the... or the Temple of Time? You know, some, yeah. something from a current Zelda game. Like, I, I mean, for, for like old millennials like us, the Great Deku Tree is like, oh yeah, that's the one from Ocarina of Time. It's this great moment and it's a dungeon and you talk to the tree and it sends you on your quest. But anyone who's playing with Legos now, like if you're buying a child Legos, they're not going to know who the Great Deku Tree is. Yeah, they are. It's in Breath of the Wild and Tears. But not, well... Not not the Ocarina of Time version, obviously. yeah. But they, they still... But you know what? It's a good point, Wes. You're bringing me around. You're talking me into it. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to stick with gossip. Maybe, maybe they misunderstood. Maybe whatever this uh, rumor is coming from, maybe it's supposed to be the Great Deku Tree from Breath of Wild Tears. Mm, and that's wh- and that's why it's gossip. Because isn't got the tree th- like insanely big though? Isn't it like in Breath of Wild Tears, the kingdom? Yeah, I mean it's still pretty yeah, big tree. Yeah, it's the place that's in like the cloud, the clouded area, right to the north of yeah, the in, castle. in the forest. Yeah, that's true. That tree's that tree's fucking huge. Well, yeah, the other one is too. It's got a whole dungeon in it. It's going to be a six thousand piece Lego set, <laughs> and you get like little Korok dudes that you put all over the tree. It'd be two hundred dollars. That would be delightful. A thousand one piece Koroks, <laughs> <laughs> like one by one blocks of Koroks. <laughs> it's just like a one by one block of the face painted on it. There, it's a fucking Korok kid. <laughs> Um, this one's more for me. Uh, there's a rumor going around that Persona 3 Reload and some other Atlas RPGs, like there's a project called uh, Metaphor um, that's uh, an Atlas RPG. They're both rumored to be coming to the Switch successor. I'm going to say gospel. This is absolutely true. They're going to bring all of the nerdy RPGs to the Switch successor, and I'm going to play every single one of them. So what do you mean? Because don't they already have Persona 3 on the Switch? There's a remake of Persona 3 that came out this month. Oh yeah, Persona Three Reload. So yeah, and you can. On, and that's not on the Switch, right? Correct. Oh, they did not, not bring okay. that to Switch. Yeah. So I wonder how it, it is. Uh, by by most accounts, it's pretty good. Uh, Persona Three, like it, it needed a lot of updating, so it's good that this one got an update because it's a very, uh, it's a very like uh, old PS2 RPG. Huh. It shows a lot of age and its uh, like its dungeon design and its its progression design. 
So this is different from the Persona 3 Portable? It is. Yeah, Persona 3 Portable is available on Switch, but that's like uh, a version of the original PS2 game. They ported it to PSP. Uh, and the okay, PSP I... is the version that got moved over to Switch. That's what really were you about to say, Wes? I did know they did that because, I mean, maybe I'll, if it's on... Yeah, it's on other platforms. Yeah. I mean, I'll look into this. I like the Persona games. If it's a, yeah. it's a remastered and a redone or anything, I'm... Oh, yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a full remake. Full remake. Yeah, I'm intrigued by that, then. I'll probably look into that. And last up, Microsoft is bringing more games to Nintendo platforms, specifically Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves. What do you guys think? Gospel or gossip? Gossip. gossip. They're not yeah. going to bring Sea of Thieves over to the Switch. That was a bit of a that was a bit of a hail mary. I think that one. uh, When I saw the rumor that Microsoft was considering bringing more of their properties to Switch, when as soon as they said Sea of Thieves, I was like, no, they're not doing that. Hi-Fi Rush, I could see. I'll say Gospel if it's Hi-Fi Rush. Rush. Um, but yeah, there's uh, I don't know. Rush is. Oh, it's it's a little like smaller scale game that I think came out about a year ago now. It was like early 2023. I know. What do you think, Ryan? You think Microsoft has any interest bringing more games to Switch? It'd be nice if they did. Um, and these are all, aren't these pretty old games? Sea of Thieves is several years old. Yeah, Hi-Fi Rush is about a year old. Oh, it's a Bethesda yeah. game. Hi-Fi Rush? Xbox and Bethesda. Oh, no, no, no. Never mind, never mind, never mind. Never mind. Mm. I'm looking at uh, at a Dev Direct that had Bethesda, Xbox and Bethesda Dev Direct. Yeah, but I'm gonna say gossip. I don't think that we see any more Xbox properties moving over to to this platform. I think that Xbox really wants to push their uh, PC and Xbox like Game Pass environment, so they're gonna try to keep their stuff insulated there. Oh, I, I, I this would be yeah this this Hi-Fi Rush would fit well on the Switch. So yeah, yeah I, I would say that that. If they, if they're gonna do anything, this this would be a good one to do, and the kind of art sound the way that it plays, this would be a good fit on the Switch. Yeah, I think it looks really interesting. So, should we move over to some new releases? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Hell yeah, we got some new releases. A bunch of games came out this month. Golden Sun and Golden Sun: The Lost Age were both released on the Nintendo Switch Online Game Boy Advance app. Both of those really great games, well worth a play. Um, you guys, I played through Turnip Boy Robs a Bank. Did you? It is the sequel to Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. Doesn't have the same catchy name, but you know, still pretty fun. Turnip Boy Robs a Bank. You're a little you, vegetable dude. Does he actually rob a bank in this one? Yes. Like in the same sense that he did in Tax Evasion, where it's just a two second thing and then off you go into stuff that's not related to it at all. Right, into like this vaguely Zelda-esque adventure. Yes, you do actually rob the bank. You actually rob a bank several times. It's the same bank you're robbing over and over again, and they never improve the security. So the sort of impetus, the setup for this game is that um, the the antagonist, the villain, uh, such as in the game, owns a bank, and you are in there trying to get the villain's secret stash. So you're like a, an anti-hero. You're, you're in this gang led by a a pickle person turn up um, boy what are you doing and and you enter this bank uh you have to, and you're doing several runs you're on a three minute timer at the start and you just have to like get in there 
and like shake down as many customers as you can, like actually like pick them up and shake them and money scatters everywhere. Uh, there's like uh, casings that you can like uh, break open and collect money uh, when you defeat enemies who are, you know, the security officers who are like uh, peaches and slices of bacon and snails. Um, they like will, will scatter money when you defeat them. As you progress further into the game, you're able to get like tools like uh, C4 explosives that will break open vaults, or like a laser cutter that will cut open safes to get more money. And the loop is you're going in uh, run after run into this, and it's not procedurally generated. It is actually like they they built a bank in the game, and it gets like really wild. Like certain points of the game is like, hey, no one's been in this area for a while, so all this vegetation is taken over, and the um the people populating the bank have kind of like built this society around these neglected areas it's like this whole mushroom cult in the basement it's very strange uh and there's also like there's boss fights so what, what you're trying to do is you get all your resources back to the uh to the, back to the gang back to your hideout your timer will reset and then you can use the money to buy things like i was saying before like the c4 and the laser pointer to access more more secure money locations and then you're also buying like upgrades to your weaponry you're buying upgrades to your 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 stamina you're buying upgrades to the amount of time you can extend the amount of time you can spend on the bank and when the timer expires it's not like you automatically get kicked out you then have to like make your way back to your getaway vehicle at the front of the bank and because your timer's expired the police have arrived and more uh, security officers will start like repelling down from the ceilings so it makes it uh, more difficult to make your escape because if you die you lose half your resources and you have to start over so um it, it's actually uh a game that mika really got into um there there was a, a day where like the the day after i got it um that uh saturday and sunday she must have played for like a total of four hours and by the time like she was getting like by the time like Sunday afternoon came around, she was getting the hang of like how it was working, and she was no like okay, I want to go after the safes to get the big money. So before I had even taken on the third of five bosses, the character was maxed out because of all of the all of the robbery she was doing. So it was very it was very helpful. It was very helpful in that way. Uh, I the game does run poorly on Switch, which is unfortunate and also there's no reason for it it's not a visually demanding game there's not a whole lot of moving things going on there are games that are are more visually impressive and have a whole lot more characters doing things with like their own agendas um than this game and they run a whole lot better near automata runs a million times better on switch than turnip boy robs a bank <laughs> There's absolutely no reason that this game should be as choppy as it is. And it, it does interfere with gameplay um, quite often because the game is, is kind of like a, a, a shooter. Uh, you have like your different weapons. You do have melee weapons and stuff, but you have different types of guns. And all of your, your boss characters are going to like uh, attack you with projectiles and they'll like move around in patterns and stuff. So it's a lot of like pattern recognition and being able to predict where the boss is. But then also in every boss fight, they're dropping in security guards to uh, hinder you along the way. And the game is so choppy that, you know, if a, a, 
an enemy character drops in during a boss fight, you know, it's very difficult to avoid them, to be able to react to them because the game is moving so slowly. So, uh, it's yeah, it's a bummer that they couldn't get this game up to snuff because there's no reason it shouldn't be. Um, I have a couple more games. I have one more game that I've been playing. You guys want to tag in with anything? No. You haven't been playing anything? I mean, not of new release stuff, no. Hmm. I played a little bit of Pokemon Go, but not Pokemon Go. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. Got your hopes up. Pokemon <laughs> Unite. But I'll discuss that on the Poker Show. Okay. Ryan, you got any games on tap that you wanted to talk about? Um, yeah, not really a new game either, but um, you know, I had started playing Dredge, and at this point I'm probably at about like the 80% mark nice. of being done with it. it. It's actually a surprisingly brisk uh, game to work your way through. Uh, it's really, really fun. Um, I absolutely recommend it. It's a really strong game. You know, I got it alongside Dave the Diver, and they're both technically about fishing, but they're very different games in terms of their gameplay. Um, you know, one sort of a stressful Lovecraftian horror game, and the other is is more just a fun, casual, on the couch collecting fish in the water kind of game. Um, Dredge, of course, being the horror one. Uh, it's great. It's, it's really, really good. They they came up with a very fun way to kind of um, turn collecting components and getting the fish, and then you know you have this cycle where you want to fish during the daytime because at night all of the Lovecraftian stuff starts to happen. Um, like all of there's these like elder god monsters that kind of haunt the ocean, um, and will slowly drive you mad, um, and. I don't know. I mean, uh, I I would just absolutely recommend people play it. It's it's very very fun. Um, once you get the hang of it, it's it's real smooth. Um, there's no risk of like taking your time in the game either. So don't feel like you have to speed through it. It's not like you have exactly 90 days to beat the game. It's sort of like at your own pace. You know, kind of figure it out. Like for me, you know, I was getting all my stuff upgraded. Um, you know, I was making really good money selling the fish that I was catching. It's not just fish, by the way. It's like uh, crustaceans as well. You get these pots, these like uh, like crab uh, cages that you put in the water. So you can get them that way. And then you have a trawler, which you just carry behind your boat. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's a really cool game. I, I, I absolutely recommend people play it. Um, I know it got a bunch of like nominations for indie game awards this this past year um and it's well deserved it's a very very polished product and it's a great little single player game nice so when when you were talking about the creatures driving your character mad is there like sanity effects yeah yeah there, there's a sanity thing meter that you'll have in the game um so if you spend a lot of time out at night well, for if one, if you're not getting any sleep at all, um, you know the you'll you'll slowly start to build it up. If you go out at night, you'll start to see spooky things happen. That increases your your little insanity meter, and literally to the point where if it's if it gets high, like rocks will literally just start appearing in the water in front of you. And like hmm. it's really you have to be very careful. The boat is very tender. If you so much as scrape up against rocks. Not only are you damaging the hull of your ship, but it actually has like an inventory Tetris thing of how much space you have in your boat. So it'll literally just 
put X's so things can fall out of the boat. Like, say you find this really nice sailfish, which is probably like, you know, 12 total grid pieces in a unique shape. If any one of those X's lands on the 12 spaces that contain that sailfish, it falls out of the boat and you lose it forever. Mm. And that's that's a lot of a lot of money you would be giving up because either you simply scrape the wall, you hit a rock, something got you. Um, you know, it's it's uh it's really cool. The game the game has a vibe. The game definitely has a vibe, and it gets really tense when it's at night. Um, oh, and uh, the the day cycles they are so painfully short. Like you really wish it was longer during the day because you feel like you just get out there and you start doing stuff and the next thing you know the sun starts to set and you're like oh fuck I need to get back or at least I need to get to a place where I feel safe um, otherwise yeah like if you just were to just go out into the middle of the ocean at night and start just hauling around just going crazy like everything would just start coming at you all at once and you would die and there's no way to like extend your your day cycle or anything I mean, you can you can go out at night. You, you can go out at night. You just have to be super careful yeah. and creep along and make sure that you don't that you haven't gone insane. Because if that insanity meter starts to pick up, then so does everything else around you. As something starts chasing you, um, I won't get into what all they are, but there are these kind of monsters that are out there and these spooky things that will start coming after you. You may get spooked and then just start trying to go away as fast as you can and then go straight into rocks that weren't there before but are there now because you've gone mad <laughs> you know hmm. um, have you tried uh playing the song of time backwards to extend your day cycle may, hey maybe that would work no i have not they sadly don't give you any kind of uh, musical instrument I, to, man i got nothing for that one wes Jeez. i, I mean it, I, I was smiling along i was nodding my head okay. i was like yep yep <laughs> okay I, I i i got it <laughs> Uh, anything else about uh, Dredge that you want to touch on? No, just I, th- I think both of you guys would like the game. Um, if you see that it's on sale, you know, put it on a wish list or something. Check it out if it if it comes around. Yeah, I got it on my list. So the other game that I've been playing came out the same day as Turnip Boy. It's Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown. That is the new two D side-scrolling Metroid-style Prince of Persia game from Ubisoft. Uh, it is very much like a Metroid. It's sort of like this a cross-section of Metroid Dread and Hollow Knight. So if you like either one or both of those games, you'll probably like this one. Uh, the thing that I like about it, um, just from like a, like a setting standpoint, is you are in this, uh, there's this place, like this mountain, like city area, but there's these like time travel implications. So, you know, like there's like a lot of sci-fi shows, like Doctor Who and probably like some Star Trek episodes. I've done that several times where like there's characters trapped in an area, but there's like weird time dilation going on. So you like, might be running down a corridor and encounter one of your friends, but it's like in their far future. So they've gotten old and decrepit. That sort of thing is happening in Prince of Persia. And I really like those narrative devices because it, it lends like a creepy atmosphere to the, the goings-on within the game. So it's it's fun like moving throughout the world and like encountering people who you've you've entered this this mountain city with, but like coming across them at like different points in the timeline. Um but as far as like uh, mechanically speaking or, or like layout, it works very much like a, a Metroid game. You move throughout like these different uh, areas of the game and each area will have its own like uh, a map in general aesthetic and like Hollow Knight, you can purchase the map that will reveal like all of the places that you might be able to go within that zone. 
and within that zone you'll usually like have a boss fight that will grant you new power that will like let you access another zone and also maybe give you access to different areas within the zone you're already in and you keep on moving forward and at a certain point in the game it does like open up and give you like okay here's like four different directions you could go and go ahead and take the one that your heart desires um but like mechanically speaking it, it's not doing anything too different from other like uh, side-scrolling metroid style games before you know you have like your dash and your air dash and i just got a double jump a good distance into the game you know you're doing wall jumps and wall climbs uh, there is like a a counter system the combat system is pretty deep uh because there's mostly melee combat you do have some projectiles but you're gonna be doing most of your damage with melee and there are ways that you're like combining st skills together like if you're attacking a certain way you're going to launch enemies into the air and then you can do different combos depending on what uh uh inputs that you're doing after after you know you launch them other enemies you can try to like trip up and knock over and you know, almost every encounter even with like little randos in the game are or at least meaningful you can't just like fly through the game hacking at everything because certain enemies will try to approach you in different ways and if you just like go there like with your dual swords swinging you will like you'll, you'll probably take out some enemies but other ones like within a couple of hits will be like okay no i'm gonna do a dodge because you're just gonna be mashing your attack button so they kind of expect that from you so you know you have to be like actually thoughtful with the way you're engaging with combat not just the boss fights and m most of the boss fights you know like other games of this style uh there's like a pattern to them ways they're going to attack and after you do a certain amount of damage they're going to change it up and become more powerful but none of them have been like super challenging with like the, the first try kind of feel them out and get an idea how they're going to go i think i i might have might have beaten one boss on the first try but most bosses are going to take multiple tries like two three tries you'll have a good idea of what they're going to do and probably get a victory there have only been a couple of bosses that have taken me like five six tries and i'm in one of them right now as we speak i got the game paused i'm in the middle of a fight that's been and it's starting to drive me a little mad the way that um, this guy's just always able to move out of the way and i'm trying to do an attack um but if you like the sort of games where there's like a deep combat that actually makes you like think about how you're approaching enemies rather than just mashing this is a good one to go with um there there's a couple of different ways you can play the game like in terms of difficulty there's like uh, like a casual mode and a normal mode and then a couple of different harder difficulties and then there's also like a a couple of different ways you can have the the map communicate information one of them is like it will basically tell you nothing where it's more like hollow knight like hey you, you can know the shape of rooms and that's it and then there's another method where it'll actually tell you like it'll like put things of importance on your map so you don't like have to like take a screenshot or take notes and try to remember where things were there's also a system within the game where you can like put a pin down and say okay there's something that i want to come back here for later and there are like quite a bit of collectibles the the method i'm playing with where the map actually like holds valuable information for you that's the one i went with uh, it'll also tell you how many collectibles are still within that zone that you haven't gotten yet so if you're going for like the 100 percent completion it does a good job of just giving you the information that you might want in order to to do that and it, like it's 
there's a lot of things to collect. Like your completion percentage goes to like the hundredth decimal place. So there's there's a lot within the game to to hunt down if you're into that sort of thing. Um, runs really smoothly on Switch. It's a nice looking game. Like technically speaking, I haven't had any real issues with it. The frame rate's been uh, pretty consistent. It hasn't uh, gotten choppy on me at any particular point that I can think of. Um, I think that uh, like the comparisons to Hollow Knight are, are pretty are pretty apt because of just like the scale of the world that you're in. It's the, the environments, the the rooms that you're in are much larger than you would typically think of like a, as a Metroid game, especially Metroid Dread, where everything's very like, like close and compact together. Uh, also, your ability to just kind of like wander around and stumble across things. Like uh, I found a couple of side boss fights that weren't like, communicated on the map. It's like, okay, well, let's go check out what's in that room over there. And there's like a wall you can break down and discover like an even more hidden room to uh, encounter this boss fight and get like a little bit of a power up that way, which is pretty neat. I like that. It's got a good sense of discovery. There's not much in the way of, of side quests, but like the side quests are also very similar to Hollow Knight where you'll like have someone who gives you a vague clue about something and will like log it into your side quest log and then maybe you stumble across the solution at some point if you're playing thoroughly throughout the game. Um, there was one other thing that I had in my head that I wanted to uh, touch on, but now it's left. But yeah, it's uh, it's a really cool game. I recommend it. It looks really interesting. I'm watching a gameplay of it right now. Yeah. Yep. Um, as far as the other releases for the month, um, Arcade Archives Super Contra came out on the 18th, always on Seymour Contra, as well as The Pedestrian. That's like a little like a puzzle game. It looks pretty interesting. Another Code, the famed mm -hmm. F-tier franchise. It's already here, huh? Yeah, it came out on the 19th. Uh, my local game shop, I had it uh, pre-ordered, but it has not come in. Uh, if it's not there by Sunday, I might have to like go through other methods to try to get a copy. It... The shop that I go to is usually pretty good about having like a wide range of, of things. They don't just like get the, the most high-profile releases. So it kind of seems like this might be a, a game that got a very limited print. Wes, do you remember if you got any at your store? No, we did not get any of this. Mm. It, it might be like a, a Metroid Prime remaster situation where the physical copies were... Uh, not widely available, which would be unfortunate. We They're did kinda... eventually get those Metroid Prime goes. I mean, I still have some of those games in store. I'll get out of here. That's yeah, awesome. Metroid Primes, yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully they're not like just totally setting up this game for failure. But the the reviews have been like kind of meh. But I still want to grab a copy of this just for like the the novelty of it. And then there was uh, a, a little Metroid like puzzle platformer looking game called The Cub that looks pretty interesting. Apollo Justice Trilogy came out today as I well as the... I feel like that, that description for The Cub is inaccurate. Did you watch gameplay of The Cub? Take us away, Wes. Correct me. I might be thinking of something else. Well, well, unless I was watching something else, you're just some... It's like a post-apocalyptic world and you're just this boy who has found an asteroid 
dead astronaut and he took that helmet off him and he's running around with this helmet but it's it's like a, a runner game but you're just it's mostly like platforming and you're just trying to avoid stuff the entire time as like it looks like explorers are in the plane and they're trying to catch you am i looking at something else i, I might have, you know you you might be right i might have been wrong on that one i might have looked at something else that sounds more interesting let's go with that one hold on hold on now now i got now i gotta check on this um I, you you look it up real quick i just have one more game and i'm not going to say anything about it that game grime if you remember that one it was announced way back in the day uh that one is definitely more of like a metroid style um but you know it's it's totally being overshadowed by Prince of Persia at this point kind of uh unfortunate timing because that one did look mo- moderately interesting but not uh, not in comparison to Prince of Persia. I do remember something that I was going to say about Prince of Persia before the the sort of uh design of the environments is very evocative of Hollow Knight as well. If you like there's a the whole big section of the game that are like underground and very dank and like like wet looking like very gross environments that reminded me a lot of a lot of the areas in Hollow Knight because like that game is all like this these underground bug layers. Did you find it, Wes? I mean, the only thing I find is the one um, made by Demagogue Studio, publisher Untold Tales. Is that the one you're talking about? Sure. Um, but yeah, you're just like this this kid on a post-apocalyptic apocalyptic world and it's in by the website it's saying inspired by the old school um sega games from the 90s like the jungle book aladdin lion king okay but there's no like combat to it you're just running um you're just kind con- you're just running and it looks like a platform as you're like dodging the dangers of the world and then there's like explorers or something that came to the world and they're like oh my god it's a guy and so they want to like someone's alive here and so they want to catch it that's just my take on it I, I i watched the trailer with no volume because we were recording um but yeah it it it, it looks like fun this this looks like a, a fun little game but it's just a just purely platformer there's nothing mm. special to it and you're just it's like a you're just running i, I almost thought it was like one of those um one of those bit trip runner kind of except you're not like going to the beat or anything like that you're just running and platforming mm. at some point you're like on the back of another restaurant with a jetpack and there's like a, a drone shooting missiles at you and you're just dodging the missiles in the air and everything and it looks like a, a very nice looking game the the art style and the visuals to it but hey good so, looking out way yeah. to be on the ball this 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 looks pretty interesting and All right. uh, grime is a game that i was uh, intrigued about months ago because it, it's yeah. now finally coming to the switch which it's yeah. like a souls like kind of game so. Oh, like really like uh, intricate combat kind of stuff? Yeah, the way that, like Soul and Sanctuary kind of, that's, that was my mm-hmm. kind of twist on that. Um, I could be wrong, but different builds you can do, different kinds of runs you want to go through it. But yeah, okay. it looked interesting. Well, let's bring it home with some games coming out in February. What did you guys think of Pigeon Simulator? I mean, I was more intrigued by the cover art before I watched the video, right. and then after I watched the video, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is nothing. This is stupid." And just so do you like become this? Yeah, it's a bit misleading. Like, do you become this anthropomorphic pigeon that beats people up? I, I was really intrigued when I saw the cover, and then I watched the video. I was like, "This looks. This is stupid. I don't know what this is. It's garbage." Ryan, any thoughts? Uh, just that the trailer wasn't even clear about what kind of game it is. Like, I don't know what what, what the gameplay loop would be in a game like that 
trailer is so bonkers. Yeah, I only bring yeah, this one up yeah, because I, I, I foresee this game being like one that gets a deep discount, like fifty nine cents, and then ends up at like the, the the top of the charts because people are like, "Oh, Pigeon Simulator, that sounds silly, and it's only a dollar. I'll download that." So it, it ends up like a, uh, for a week on a bestseller chart because of those shenanigans that they're pulling with that. The first, That's my like, prediction. The first like couple bit of it, I was like, oh, is this kind of like Untitled Goose Game, but you're a pigeon mm. annoying people? And then you start pulling out machine guns and stuff. I was like, all right, <laughs> nope. Yeah. Nope. That, that was rich. such like got it. a weird, a weird moment to be like, oh, and also he dual wields AK-47s, which we've established many times on this podcast. The best way to aim a gun is to have two guns. <laughs> yeah, best way to aim a gun, hold another gun. <laughs> also, by the hip. You don't want to bring it up to your face and like nope. look through the uh-uh. sights. No, you want it on the hip. Yep. Certainly. Um, what do you guys think of Made of the Dead? I, for a second there, because you put three of those on our playlist. To look I over. did put three on the playlist. Yeah. I, was thinking, I was like, does John want us to play this? Like, it, it, no. It's, it's, it's Vampire Survivor, except you're made with shotguns and drones. So better than. <laughs> Vampire survivors. I was like, "What? What? What's what John doing here?" No, I was I was trolling you guys. Okay. With this particular because because so in addition, having that sort of like vampire survivors looking gameplay where you're kind of just like moving around and it looks like you do have more agency like of shooting the guns and stuff, but I don't know who knows who cares. There's also this uh, other aspect to the game where if you take damage, the clothes will become more tattered. Of oh. These voluptuous anime got characters it, got it day one by got it and <laughs> if your character is like ko'd like uh knocked out you can revive the character by rubbing the special ointment on their zombified bodies say no more say no more uh i'm in ryan you in this game's got everything um, <laughs> i see I see that it's twenty dollars, which is four Ooh. times the price of Vampire Survivor, so it's got to be four times better. Yeah, right? that's, how, that's it how it works. I yep. mean, there was no ointment in Vampire Survivor, to my knowledge, yeah. unless you guys saw something I didn't. Uh, there's, there's holy water. There is holy water, but that's not really the ointment. Sa- the, san- the Santa water. The Santa right? water. <laughs> no one's clothes were getting shredded. That's true. There was that one lady with the. Uh... Yep. Yeah. Moving on. I don't, <laughs> wait, what? No, I, I don't know the character you're talking about. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about no, t- don't tell me my it. new. Tell yeah. me my new main. Is this like one of the secret characters? You just, you just, no, it's not. Uh, she has the uh, the the music sheet power. The music sheet power? Yeah. Oh man. She has a music I sheet. I don't know. I, I have not explored much of that game. I just throw knives all the time. <laughs> just the knife guy. Just chicken yeah. knives. But she has very large. Um, Assets? Yeah, that's it. That was what. Okay. Yeah, assets. I was looking for that. Spe- speaking of which, Tomb Raider Remaster out on February fourteenth. <laughs> speaking of large assets, <laughs> I mean it's it's cool that these uh, these games are getting a, a port and a remaster. You know, not like a huge remaster, but you know, like like t- taking it from PS one to PS two level graphics in HD. So it's nice that they're putting some work into it. And you know, these are these are classic games. So it's cool that these are getting the re release. I was actually kind of sold on it with the trailer. Actually, yeah, looks really good. Um, these are games I played when I was younger. I played the first two ones, and um, I think they're pretty good. They're actually pretty good games. So it 
looks looks nice. Like they upres some stuff, mm-hmm. but it's still the core game that I remember playing. So I don't know. Uh, maybe probably dependent on a price point. But once you get through all those Batman games, it'd be fun to hey one down, uh, one to go. I'm probably not going to play the third one. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't heard. I've heard the third one's not very good. So um, that's yeah. from cynical people. Who yeah, you know, don't love Batman don't enough. I don't. I don't need to play that much Batman. As long as <laughs> as long as Paul Dini's writing it, though, like that would be cool. Maybe I should just play like the Telltale Batman games. You know, I I never. Now that I think of it, I bought that Bioshock collection way back when that came out, and I never played Bioshock Infinite. I played the other two, and then after I played through those, two, I was like, yeah, that's probably enough Bioshock for a while. Bioshock Infinite is um, very different. It, it's much more run and gun. Mm. Um, and it's much faster paced combat because you're covering, because you're up in like a sky city and everything like that. And so you're like swinging across the, you're like hook shotting, well, not hook shotting, you're like um, zip lining kind of. You got this little claw thing and you're like zip lining to the different platforms and just, it, it's much more uh, a faster paced run and gun um, thing to it with a much more unnecessarily complex story. <laughs> Oh, don't like, worry about right, that. I'm sure, not going to pay attention. Don't worry about that. I'm not going to pay attention at all. We're dealing with time travel and weird crap. Like, why oh, not? Well, now I'm sold. Um, and uh, your main character talks. Uh-huh. And you are constantly escor- uh, es- escorted by uh, this random chick. But she just runs away. And you don't have to like babysit her like Resident Evil 4 or anything like that. Is she in a but, maid outfit? Close. <laughs> okay. Okay. But no, a I, butler outfit? What's close? Uh, no, I liked it. I like Bioshock Infinite. It's uh, I liked all three of the games. I think they're mm. great. But it, it's a it's very different than the other Bioshock games. Gotcha. Uh, Marvel's Donkey Kong is out on the 16th. I'm pretty excited for this one. I'm very excited to play in co-op with Ripley. I think we've talked about this game quite a bit. Um, cool little like puzzle rooms, puzzle platforming rooms. Uh, and like very like bite-sized levels, so it'd be going to like play through like uh, nine or ten levels, and then take a break and try something else for a while. Um, Wes, any desire to play Bandle Tale? You know the, these. I, I'm gonna sit down at one point and just get all these Riot games because I, I I've been playing League of Legends for years, and I have played a couple of these games, and they are good games. Mm-hmm. Um, the new new one is on my list. I definitely want to play that one. Um, I played the one. I played the one where that the guy with the bombs. It was like a rhythm platformer. Yep, yeah, with Ziggs. That one was interesting. And you played? Um, didn't you play the the Battle Chaser one? No, no, I didn't play the Battle Chasers one. I think you would like it. I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. I didn't get. Yeah. I I hit a wall at one point, so I mm. I wanted to go back and kind of start over and see if I could figure out how to. I just hit a wall and I was stuck, but it, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. It was a lot of story though. I um, ran into that with uh, in Battle Chairs as well, which is a game that I liked. I thought that was a pretty good RPG, but I also like hit a wall with that one. It took me a while to actually overcome because there were like systems within the game that I wasn't engaging with at all. Mm-hmm. And then when I finally like figured out how to like grind for gear and do some upgrading, then I was able to to get over the hump. But yeah, they they are also very story heavy games. And then there's two other ones. There's one that follows Echo, which looks really good. That one's a little bit more of um, 
like a platformer hack and slash kind of thing almost and then there was a one that kind of looks like um it's very different but i'm going to compare it to um what was it hyperlight drifter and that top down kind of view oh sure um that follows silas from league of legends all these games i i would like to play um i just haven't gotten around to them so bandle city which is kind of like a slice of life kind of animal crossing resource gathering kind of thing um it looks interesting hmm. looks nice nice little music it's a very nice little environments um, ryan ryan you got any interest in it um i don't know not not especially nothing really stuck out with with this one for me okay um I, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it's probably a cool game, regardless of whether or not you're uh, into the the lore of League of Legends. Uh, I think that that's something that's pretty cool about a lot of these games that they've made that are like spinoff titles. It seems like they just come up with unique, uh, unique gameplay, unique game styles. So yeah, it is cool how they yeah. they use their characters and just put them into to different style games rather than doing like kind of like a, a bullshit toys to life beat 'em up or something like that. Uh, the Splatoon 3 side order DLC is out on the 22nd. This is one, like, I like Splatoon, and I would like to try this at some point because it looks like more of, like, a, uh, a deeper sort of single player, like, more action-focused single player. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Probably not in February, maybe over the summer if the new releases slow down. And, Ryan, have I sold you on Sheer and the Wanderer yet? I'm trying. This is the Mystery Dungeon of Serpent Coil? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Is this a oh. remake of that old game? Because you played this a long time ago. No, this is a brand new game. Oh, it's a brand new Sharon. Okay. Yep. I mean, with a title like that, it's I know, right? You know, practically sells Wasn't itself. Wasn't the other one called Sharon the Wonder? You played something like that. Yeah, there's a one on the Wii, and I think the Wii one was the first time it came to North America. But that was uh, Sharon the Wanderer. I don't think there was a subtitle, but this one, Sharon the Wanderer, the Mystery Dungeon of Serpent Coil Island. I didn't put that all in the notes. It's too long a name. <laughs> the notes could Google Docs couldn't handle how awesome the name was. I applaud them for their uh, gratuitous naming conventions. <laughs> I think that's great. And the game itself, I I can't I can't pretend to care. I don't know. This doesn't look particularly entertaining. Okay. Are are you excited about this though? No, I've played. You ask us. Are you excited? I, I've I've played one before. It's not my style of game. <laughs> okay. Yeah, something like the you. The map developed as you went going, and then you like lost the map. Uh, uh, something about the map you hated. You were very upset. Oh, about it's the map. well, it's uh, a mystery dungeon game. It's like like rogue. The anytime you go into a dungeon, it's going to procedurally generate. Okay. So it oh, wasn't rogue, like the, you're like trying the Microsoft game, right? Like the, yeah, the 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 Atari <laughs> game, Rogue. <laughs> Sorry, the, the Atari game. Um, yeah. So so it didn't have like uh, uh, particularly like well honed challenges to your levels like hey you're in this dungeon I hope it generated in your favor this time um, but yeah those are those are the games I don't think there's the, the only thing I'm really looking forward to a lot in February is Mario vs Donkey Kong otherwise I'm going to keep on playing games that I already own any other topics that you guys want to address while we're here or should we just uh, close it out at this point you have other things like your show notes. I do, but we don't have to talk about the creator on Hulu if you don't want to. Don't you guys ready to pack in? Uh, it's a... I actually just watched it. Oh, yeah? I just, yeah? I just watched it the other day, too. What'd you think? 
Um, I think it's uh, kind of a, a wasted world on a fairly derivative mm. action movie. Yeah, I guess is, is what I would say about it. I, I don't know. It's not bad. I wouldn't say it's bad. I think it's um, really incredible world building and an interesting concept for a science fiction film. Um, and yeah, I just kind of didn't get too rolled up in like all of the action scenes and stuff. I think it was a little um like it needed more time to build stuff like i feel feel like the movie just moved way too fast even though it was like two and a half hours long it just moved way too fast through everything it was trying to do and never bothered to sit on the big moral questions that i think were really interesting um and it reminds me of like the animatrix like do you guys ever see the animatrix no It was a bunch of short films that were obviously animated about the Matrix um, that came out after the first film. And there was this thing called the Renaissance, which was the telling of the history of the great robot uprising. Mm. Um, And it's told through this sort of like historical video, like you were watching on a newsreel, kind of like how the movie itself starts, you know, where they're like... Which is, yeah, it's a really interesting jar. Like it's this alternate version of history where AI was created a lot earlier. Yeah, and I think it's almost like it's uh, grabbing a lot of what's really relevant right now. I feel like uh, I'm seeing a lot of parallels with the way people are treating the um, the Israel-Palestinian conflict in this. There's the current fear of AI um, in how it sort of shapes man's obsolescence. Um, I think there's a really interesting thread that runs through it where the AI constantly refers to itself as the peaceful one, you know, as the one trying to avoid conflict, but then they also have some very disturbing things for like, for the fact that they nuked a city that, um, that they're, they will be peaceful when mankind stops being peaceful. Their AI is made in man's image. And if we're violent, then they must be violent too. It's this weird kind of moralizing that the AI does and it's also like really stupid. It's also really stupid at times. Like a lot of this movie just doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm rambling here. What, what did you think of it? Uh, I think I'm uh, pretty much in agreement with you. Where they spent uh, like a, a two-hour movie, and there's this like really fantastic world building. Like it's a really interesting like uh, a place that you're in. Like it takes you like globe trotting. You like spend a lot of time and some time in America, and then over in Asia. Um, so there's, there's a lot of like interesting set pieces like the villages and labs and shit um but like the 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 plot that's carrying you through is this really trite story about this guy and this kid and they're going to learn to like each other as the movie goes and like for for the length of the movie uh the the plot is sort of like forced through so quickly from set piece to set piece that it's like okay this this should have been a two-hour movie this should have been like six episodes of a miniseries. Uh, and I think it would like have bookmarked things a lot better because a lot of the times it felt like going from scene to scene, it just became like this almost video game-esque laundry list. Okay, now we got to get here. Okay, we got here. We found this thing. Now we got to get there. Okay, we got there. We accomplished the thing here. Now we got to get there. And rather than having like one thing that's pulling the movie forward and having this relationship like this this father child relationship between these two characters that's that's uh, giving you something to hang on to, it's more of this uh, a series of shorter 
uh, story sequences. And I think like a, a episodic format would have worked better for it. Um, but it's it's a, it's a nice looking movie. It's got uh, some some nice natural scenery. Uh, the the it, it struck me as strange that like the way that these AI inhabit bodies, like they they've built bodies for these AI programs to live in, but they can't like design their own like faces and like uh, visages. So like people donate their their look so that they can then mass produce or, or make an AI that pretty much like wears their face. Um, rather than like, like say like, oh no, we just decided to make them look like humans. I don't, I don't know, it's like a, a really strange thing that they, they bring up a couple of times in the movie and I'm not really sure what it was accomplishing. I also thought it was like strange that there were AI who were Buddhist monks. So like these, these computer programs uh, really feel strongly about the teachings of Buddha that they become monks. I don't know. It just seemed like a, a strange thing for a computer program to do. Um, yeah, yeah, and and I, I still think of this whole AI stuff as being super, you know, it, it's it's derivative of man. Hmm. Like all it ever does is really just try to emulate and create an amalgamation of what it thinks, you know mankind would do or, or based on inputs how a human would behave or create something like so it's it's interest in buddhism has nothing to do with buddhism being particularly enlightening it's just it's what thinks that devout people do hmm. <laughs> you know again I, I think that there that uh there's no real comprehension of what this ai is even is or does and that seems like that should be a big component of it and why, like, uh, you know, kind of frankly poor parts of the world are protecting AI and why it seems to be so integrated in their lives while the first world uh, is very anti-AI. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's a, a lot of the, the movie kind of just wants to be a dumb action movie. So, I, again, I think that the, these are the kind of things that, like, a director like Alex Garland gets into in a science fiction property you know these are the kind of things that um you know um, i feel like could be a bit more of a cerebral topic and is good like even district nine you know district nine manages to be a bit more interesting than that and it is a balls to the walls action movie you know i, I feel like there are definitely some some comparables in science fiction today for a movie like this um and i'll just say it right now like i think i enjoyed the the new Zack Snyder movie better. Oh yeah, like, I think that that was better than this. Honestly, Hot I enjoy. I, I like. I like them both, but I think I'd rather sit down and watch that. Watch that uh, Rebel Moon movie again. Mm. Uh, I don't have anything else to say about it. Do you, Wes? You need to watch this movie and then chime in. Let let us know what you think about this one. Yep. Yeah, it looked interesting. I think I think it's an interesting movie. I don't. Uh, I, I kind of agree. I don't think it's particularly great, but you know, uh, I watched it and I can't unwatch it. So there it is. <laughs> yeah, I've actually been on like a movie watching binge. So um, I've seen a whole bunch of things, not just two thousand three movies, mind you, just a lot of stuff. I, I, are you stocking up on those two thousand two movies? 
Or two, sorry, two thousand three. We'd be talking about two thousand three on the yeah. Show. I watched. I think I watched like five. Oh shit! From February of two thousand three, but no, like I mean, just like more modern films. Mm. I've been watching too, like stuff from twenty twenty three, like last year. Yeah. Um, and now that the Oscar um, picks are out, I've been kind of catching up on some of those too. So, gotcha. Yeah, uh, I did listen to the new Green Day. They just put out a new oh, yeah? album. Nice. Uh, I, I, What's your take on it? I haven't listened to it. I listened to it a couple of times. I, I, I won't get into any specifics, so I don't want to. So you, you're not like looking through it through, you know what? What I've already said about it, but um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Uh, probably the most I've liked an album from them since American Idiot. Not to say that like their other stuff has been like particularly bad, but it, it seems like this is uh, more of like their their form from like from the range of like dookie to american idiot kind of like that sort of quality um very good yeah they they have like uh uh, such a mastery of their own sound like they they know what green day does and they're just very good at like okay let's just be green day for 12 to 15 songs here um anything else we want to talk about i'm good kind of rounding out here the uh the, the the new Hellfire Gala came in. What was it? The, the, the X-Men, so like uh, for, for the past few years, uh, there's been like an X-Men event every year called the Hell, Hellfire Gala. And like a bunch of like superheroes put on silly costumes and uh, a big event happens. Um, and the first one a few years back. Uh, I'm going to have you, yeah, the pause there. You said that, Superheroes put on silly costumes oh, oh, okay. like they don't do it every fucking day of their lives. I gotta say, look, we find like a, a silly costume that uh, someone is someone is wearing in this. So Doctor Strange is that's formal attire he has on. That's not a silly costume. That's everyday wear, and then correct. Attire, it's a completely different cape. It's fancier. Let, let, let me find one here for you guys. That's uh, puts on a bow tie. <laughs> so here is a a picture of. Cyclops and Jean Grey attending the Hellfire Gala. Let me try to get it into the camera as much as possible here. There's Cyclops in black. And oh, they look great. Uh, that's delightful. He's that, got that's some kind of sash and everything. He looks like a, a Miss United States. I don't know. What's <laughs> he doing there? But uh, it's, they, they get some wild like character designs in these things. So in the first Hellfire Gala, like they they got a bunch of like dignitaries from around the world together, and pretty much in front of everyone, a bunch of them used their mutant powers. Or Magneto and Iceman and Storm and a bunch of others got together and basically terraformed Mars. So now there's mutants living on Mars. Like, hey, this is our planet now. So um, deal with it. And uh, in this one, they're the sort of um, timeline that the sort of uh, uh, age of X-Men comics is going to be coming to a close relatively soon like when they when Jonathan Hickman started writing these things I think it was back in 2018 2019 something like that there's a sort of uh, not really a hard reboot but a new author took over and started taking the X-Men into a different direction where you know they became the separatist nation living on uh, an island in the Pacific um, and it's it's kind of coming to a, a full completed arc at this point because uh, in this particular Hellfire Gala, their enemies attack and a, a Nimrod Sentinel 
uh, crashes into the island where they're having their party. It just starts murdering fucking everybody. And a a version of Mr. Sinister, I won't get into it, uh, shows up as well, as well as Moira McTaggart, who's become a villain at this point. And so many people got murdered. Uh, there was like... Uh, Every year when they do these Hellfire Galas, they do like a sort of telepathic election where they pick six or seven characters to be like the new like X-Men superhero team to go around saving the world and shit. Um, and the entire team got it was like Cannonball and Jubilee and Prodigy and Sync, uh, a, a bunch of like uh, B and C listers pretty much all just got pulverized by this Nimrod Sentinel when he like crashed down. Jubilee got her face smashed in. It was great and well-deserved. And then um, Iceman was like, oh, motherfucker, and just like takes on this one Sentinel by himself because Bobby Drake is a motherfucker. But then like <laughs> I had him on the ropes, but then this Nimrod like is able to get this this shot in where injected him with something and fucking melted him. And it was like, you, you saw like the ice melting off and like like sort of like the ice bones underneath like his flesh was melting and like as he's as he's doing it uh, it's this fucking tragic moment because as he's like he's realizing he's dying and there's no coming back from it he's like uh, ice melting from his his structure he calls out for uh Scott, Gene, and Warren. He calls out for his oldest friends to help him because he's fucking dying, but nobody can help him. And he squishes into a puddle. But I don't think he's yeah. dead. I think he's, I think he's coming back. Well, we can't. Mm-hmm. nobody's dead in that. <laughs> right, they're not going to kill him off permanently, but I don't think, like, within the context of the storyline, I think they've uh, overestimated what is or underestimated what it would take to actually kill him. I think he'll be able to, like, pull himself back together, as it were. Because, like, he's he's done this sort of thing before, where somebody thought that they could just hit Iceman with a blast of heat and evaporate him, and he's dead. Like, he's been able to reconstitute himself from steam. Hmm. So they just went along and put him in some ice trays. <laughs> like a Bobby, see what happens. A Bobby Drake shape ice tray. No, they they couldn't though, because uh, at that point. Um, so many people were dying that Xavier like threw in the towel and said that they were surrendering and the terms of their surrenders they had to evacuate the planet so with the exception of a few X-Men who were left on Earth like every other mutant had to leave the planet jeez yeah yeah so yeah, uh, shit's hitting the fan and it'll be interesting to see the way that they, they wrap all this up I haven't been like the, the writing has been really interesting, and the stories have been typically pretty good. But I don't like the the separatist nation sort of storyline for X Men. I think that's like out of character for what the characters were invented for. They're they're supposed to be like this allegory of like civil rights movements, and civil rights movements typically don't become separatist movements. Hmm. But anyway. Now I'm the one who's rambling. Wes, you got anything else to, to close us out here? I got nothing, man. I'm sorry. Okay. I can't help you. Next up is going to be the Pokemon show. Yep. We're, we're talking guess about some Pokemons. Yep, get some Unite. I can t- discuss briefly. Very good. Very good. Um, anything uh, going on in Pokemon Go that be worth talking about? Yeah, I think in early February there's going to be a big event coming up that's going to involve like Drampa and Jangmoo. Oh, I want to say it's like 
I don't want to get it wrong. It might be like a like a Chinese calendar thing, like the Year of the Dragon or something. It's pretty fun. It could just be like a solstice thing. Uh, and yeah, there is something coming down the pipes soon. Um, and I think that there's going to be like a Chansey Community Day. Yeah, the solstice isn't until June. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. There's there's always there's always stuff happening at Pokemon Go. So I still play pretty much every day. So I'm you know I'll have stuff to talk about for sure. I don't know what we would do as just like a main main topic though. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to think about it. We'll mm. figure something out. Yeah. And then we'll do a mini show. Yeah. Yep, yep. And then a retro show. Very cool. And then we'll keep on keep the pattern going. That's it. The end. End of podcast. So long. See ya.